Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with DCROM. Cats and Kittens are. This is Sports Crunch with DCROM. I'm your host, David Cromolo. Thanksgiving is upon us. And as I always like to say, I am thankful for the four F's food, family, freedom, and of course, football. But this year, I am more thankful than ever before for this great game because we just might be witnessing perhaps the most unpredictable NFL season ever. What say you, Hal Bent? I'm telling you, David, I just cannot get a grasp on what is going on in the NFL this year. Just when I think I have a team nailed down with their tendencies and expectations and how it's going to go, it's the rise of the underdogs again each and every week. So uh, it's predictably, predictably unpredictable right now, I think is the best term I can use. It most certainly is, but it's never felt this unpredictable ever in my view, like there's still no clear front runner for the Super Bowl in either conference. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you look at, you know, especially the AFC, so many teams within one or two games of each other. You just need one team to get hot or one team to have a big injury and it changes the entire landscape within two weeks. It most certainly does. And we will talk about week 12 in just a little bit. But let's start off with our main takeaways for week 11, and I will go first. You can easily make a case for TJ Watt for MVP, because just look at the difference of the Steelers defense with him on the field versus with him off the field. In the two games he has missed this season, both last Sunday against the Chargers and earlier this year against the Bengals, their defense just isn't the same. Joe Burrow absolutely carved them up without T.J. Watt, and Justin Herbert had nearly 500 total yards of offense by himself, for crying out loud. Oh, my goodness. T.J. Watt, he is clearly the most valuable player, not just of that Steelers defense, but maybe that entire Pittsburgh Steelers team, man. Yeah, he is something special. I mean, they, they just don't win anymore without T.J. Jay Watt on the field. He's become that important to their defense. And if if you go by the valuable for the most valuable player, David, I've got to agree, he is valuable. And you know who else is? Somebody we've been talking about all year that finally got moved back to his regular position and showed everybody what he can do and what kind of impact he can have. How about those Cowboys? How about Chris Jones? Yeah, man. Oh my God, Chris Jones, he was one of very few people ever to beat Zach Martin in a one-on-one -on -one rep. That's how special I mean, Chris Jones is. I think Dallas tried to have everybody on that offensive line block him at one point and nobody could. And it was the sacks. It was the pressures. It was the disruption, tipping the pass that caused the interception to wrap up the game. I mean, you look at that Kansas City defense is totally different and having Chris Jones in the right spot makes a huge difference for that defense. And what were your other main takeaways from week 11, Hal? Well, I think Baker Mayfield needs to find his way to the sideline and get healthy because I think he's hurting Cleveland more than he's helping them. So 
they've got to figure that out. And David, you called me on it last week. I think I'm 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 getting close to coming around. Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, the Eagles. I'm telling you, I you know, defense, running game, and then I look at the rest of that schedule that they have coming up. They've got the Giants, they've got the Jets, they've got a bye week, the football team, the Giants again, the football team again. And then that final matchup with Dallas was at week 18 now, I guess it is. Yeah. My goodness, that could be for the NFC East. That oh, that that could be a huge game all of a sudden now. So yeah, I'm coming around on Philadelphia. I really liked what I saw. Definitely a lot to love in the city of brotherly love at this moment. And you mentioned Baker Mayfield, and that takes us to our favorite game, truth or exaggeration. You know how this game works. I make a statement, and Hal, your job is to tell me whether I'm telling the truth or whether I'm exaggerating and why. And uh, you, all you got to do is explain why now. The Cleveland Browns should sit Baker Mayfield until he is 100% aside from the label tear and is not throwing shoulder. Truth or exaggeration? 100% truth. He's hurting that team right now. I think they're better with Case Keenum out there at quarterback. And if that's the case, uh, you've got to have somebody that can make the plays. He can't move. He can't throw. He's got no mobility. He's afraid to get hit back there. He is hurting that team. He's taking away any opportunity for a big play uh, outside of Nick Chubb with the ball in his hands right now. He's hurting the team. This is the head coach's responsibility. This is his job. It's not, it's not up to Baker Mayfield whether he wants to play or not. It's up to Kevin Stefanski. And he needs to act like he is in charge and make that decision that's the best for his team. And right now, that's Case Keenum. I definitely agree with you there. And next up, Jonathan Taylor should now be considered the front runner for Offensive Player of the Year. Truth or exaggeration? I mean, it's hard to call that an exaggeration right now because with Derrick Henry injured, he is the bell cow back of the NFL, and he certainly showed it. Um, I can tell you, I felt the footsteps from him on my back where my opponent had him in fantasy football this week, and I just was decimated by 4 o'clock for my season over. The game was over. MVPs. Hard to find for a running back nowadays as a quarterback kind of role. But, you know, I thought Derrick Henry was the MV was pretty much one of the contenders for the MVP. Yeah, I got to go with the truth here as well. I think he's definitely right in the mix there. Jonathan Taylor is establishing himself as the best back not named Derrick Henry in the NFL. I agree. Jonathan Taylor is everything we thought Saquon Barkley was going to be, dare yeah. I say. He just has that all-around game that Saquon brought uh, equally as explosive in the passing game as he is in the power running game. He just does it all. And we stay in the AFC South, where the Tennessee Titans will not get the AFC's number one playoff seed. We thought they were a lot for that seed last week. Truth or exaggeration? Uh, you know, I hate to backtrack, but boy, was that an ugly loss against Houston. And now I'm looking at him saying, well, Jesus, it, you know, I had it penciled in. I said, you know, Tennessee's going to go into New England and win because that's just the way they've been this year. You know, beat the Bills, beat the Chiefs, beat the Colts, beat the Rams. I mean, line them up. They were knocking them down. 
But now I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, if you can't beat Houston, how are you going to beat New England, Pittsburgh, San Francisco? I don't know. I, you know, I, I think that has to, you know, it seemed like an, I think it was an exaggeration last week and this week it's a truth. I've, I've completely flip-flopped, David. Call me the waffle. I'm flipping <laughs> and I'm flopping here. Hence the nature of this 2021 NFL season. And we go to Chicago, where if the Lions beat the Bears on Thanksgiving Day, Matt Nagy should be fired first thing Friday morning. Truth or exaggeration? Truth. Heck, he should be fired today. Forget about Friday morning. He shouldn't be there on Thanksgiving, for God's sake. Get him out of there. He, oh, it's painful to watch that team. It's clear the reports are true of the players. Uh, they're, they're not listening. They don't want to listen to him. They've had enough. They've seen his show. It doesn't play well. They're not listening. They're not winning. You know, I, I know NFL owners don't like making a move during the season, but sometimes you've got to show your players that I hear you, I understand what the problem is, and we're going to get a head start on getting it fixed. And really, for an NFL team to make the move during the season, you know, it just gives you that much more time to get everybody that's interested, every hut coordinator thinking about your team earlier in the season and getting yourself set up for success in the postseason once the season's over and in making that right decision to get a new head coach. You said it, Hal. And whoever wins this weekend's Vikings 49ers game will be one of the two NFC wildcard teams. Truth or exaggeration? I'm going to go with the truth with that, David, because I was thinking the same thing when I was looking up that looking at that matchup earlier. I was kind of like, you know what? This is a must win. If you can win this one, you've got the inside track. You've got the head to head. That's your stiffest competition right now. Um, yeah, I'll go with truth. This is this is for the this is for the wild card right here uh, this weekend. Yep, it should be a very 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 interesting game. And moving on to the Denver Broncos where the Broncos re-signing of Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick will go a long way in convincing either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson to come to Denver should they be made available via trade. Truth or exaggeration? Oh, I've got to go with truth. As soon as those moves broke across the wire, that is the first thing I thought is they were, you know, uh, sending up their smoke signal. They were letting Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson, whoever it is that they want, they were letting them know we mean business. We're locking up these uh, impact players at wide receiver. We're ready for you. Come on down. I totally agree. And last but not least, in truth or exaggeration, today, the coach known as the Clapper, Jason Garrett, was fired as Giants Yay. offensive coordinator and rightfully so, given that atrocious oh. game plan on Monday night in Tampa and his atrocious red zone play calling all season long. So truth or exaggeration, Jason Garrett will never get another NFL coaching job again. That's got to be a truth. I mean, this is... I was amazed he was hired even as an offensive coordinator as quickly as he was after being let go by Dallas. Um, 
you know, I feel bad for Joe Judge. I don't think he wanted any part of the clapper on his coaching staff. And I think it was thrust upon him by the ownership, which is always a terrible sign for a poor head coach to see that happening. But yes, uh, let Jason Garrett fall on the sword. I, I really don't see him coming back. I, I don't know who's going to take a chance on him at this point. It's just too many spectacular failures here uh, for Jason Garrett so far. Um, yeah, I've, I've got to go with the truth on this one, David. But hey, David, I've got one for you, a truth and exa or exaggeration. So I've, got, I've been dying to get your opinion on this. So I've got to ask you one here. We're going to do the turn the tables special on you. You got it. All right. So not potential, but right now, Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the NFL. Truth or exaggeration? I might have to go with truth. Because as much as I love Patrick Mahomes to death, he just has too much bad Brett Favre in his game where he throws some ill-advised balls way too often. And he was lucky the first several years of his career that those weren't picked off. But this year, it's gone the complete opposite. Those balls are being picked off right now. Justin Herbert's decision-making appears far more advanced than Patrick Mahomes was even earlier in Patrick Mahomes' career. I think Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the National Football League right now. It's very close. It's like 1-1A, one one but that alone makes me put Justin Herbert slightly ahead of Patrick Mahomes. I'm with you, David. You know, I thought the same thing, and, and we can say the same thing about Josh Allen as well. Uh, you know, definitely doesn't look like the same quarterback that he was last year. Uh, that decision-making, we're seeing more interceptions, uh, not making the, not seeing the accuracy on the short passing game, which has really hurt him this year. So yeah, I, I was thinking of that this morning. I said, you know what? I, he is cerebral. He's got the arm. He Busted out the running game, you know, like, hey, look at me. I can do the Lamar Jackson 90 yards on the ground. Yeah, I, I'm really excited by, you know, the continued growth of Justin Herbert to get him to this point. So, and I think that was a, a big, big win last week. And he took a huge step forward um, in, in his development as well with that comeback win, because it's, it's nice to see the Chargers blow that lead and then not be the Chargers and come back and get that big win. Yes, and that is almost solely because of Justin Herbert. That's how special he is. And now moving on to another game called This or That. In this game, I pose a dilemma with two options, and you make a choice, and you explain why you made that decision. Who is more likely to win their respective division? The Chargers, who have an easier schedule than the Chiefs the rest of the way? Or the Patriots? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the Chargers. The Patriots still have a bit of a gauntlet. They've got to play Buffalo twice. I don't think Buffalo is as bad as they've looked in these last three weeks. Uh, you're you're going to see the turnaround by the Bills, I think. It, it, the offense is going to improve. Brian Dayball is going to do it. I'd love for it to be the Patriots, but, you know, you still got to remember that's a rookie quarterback there. We're still going to see some bumps in the road. Uh, definitely a playoff team at this point, I think, but division-wise, no, I, I think the Chargers, um, you know, Justin Herbert's pointing in the right direction. He's got some winnable games. 
That big matchup with Kansas City is going to be huge in December. I can't wait for that. I just hate that they put it on a Thursday night so we don't get all the buildup to it. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Chargers at this point. Which current defensive coordinator and former head coach will do better if given a second head coaching opportunity? Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn or Cardinals defensive coordinator Vance Joseph? Both these guys are widely expected to get a lot of head coaching interviews come January. I'd love to see Vance Joseph get another shot. I didn't. Th I thought Dan Quinn was, is probably going to be the better head coach, so I'm going to lean to Quinn, but I'm rooting for Joseph. So, <laughs> Yeah, same here. Vance didn't have the talent in Denver to show what he could truly do as a head coach. He deserves another opportunity elsewhere indeed. And I also met him at the Senior Bowl a couple years ago when the Broncos were coaching one of the teams at the Senior Bowl. Very, very nice guy to talk to. He uh, deserves every opportunity that's going to come his way this offseason. Which team is more likely to earn the number one playoff seed in their respective conference? The Redbirds, as in the Cardinals, or the Blackbirds, the Ravens? I think it, it's got to be the Cardinals. Uh, you know, the Ravens, you know, they squeaking out a win even without your starting quarterback against the Bears doesn't inspire as much confidence as it should. And, you know, they still got some tough games on that schedule. They still have to play Pittsburgh twice. They've got Cincinnati again. They've got the Rams and the Packers. It's not an easy uh, battle there. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, they're making the separation. They're winning games without Kyler Murray. Uh, he'll be back soon. I I just think they're in much better position to lock up that number one seed. Uh, and, you know, certainly they still got to play the Rams again, but a lot of easier games still on the schedule uh, for Arizona with the bears and the lions and those kind of punch at Seattle. You could put in the punching bag category at this point as well. Definitely. And last but not least, we go to the Cardinals chief rival in the NFC West, the Rams, who will have the bigger impact for the Rams down the stretch, Von Miller or Odell Beckham jr. Oh, that's an easy one. That's Von Miller. Um, you know, Odell Beckham is going to be needing to have an impact, a big impact on that offense. I just don't know that he's still got enough gas in the tank. Um, and, and Von Miller, you know, I mean, he, you know, he's the double team is going to number 99. It's not going to him. He's not the biggest star. Uh, on that defensive line for the first time in his career. So uh, Leonard Floyd on the other side, Miller, Donald in the middle. Uh, he's going to be feasting on single cover, uh, single blocking. He should be having a lot of fun uh, out there on the field for the Rams. And, and I think this is an easy Vaughn Miller choice. And speaking of the Rams, they travel to Lambeau Field to play the Packers this weekend. And that is our game of the week. This game could very well determine who has the number one seed in the NFC come playoff time. And Aaron Rodgers, we have to keep in mind, he is bothered by a toe injury that he himself said is even worse than turf toe. Given that fact, 
plus the way the 49ers beat the Rams nearly two weeks ago. Do you see Matt LaFleur, who runs a very similar scheme as Kyle Shanahan, trying to make Sunday as much of the A.J. Dillon show as possible? I He should. I don't know that he will, but he definitely should. <laughs> um, I, I kind of thought we'd see a little bit more of that last week. Uh, from Green Bay against Minnesota. And, you know, it seemed like it was just another one of those, all right, we're going to pile on the back of Aaron and, and do what we have to do. Uh, the running game was pretty much invisible uh, last week. I, I think Dylan only had like 10 or 11 carries when I checked the ball score. And, you know, watching the game, he, he saw, you hardly saw him with the ball on his hand. So, yes, it's a definitely – Smart move. He should be doing it, but I don't know that he's going to. And uh, especially Green Bay falls behind early. The panic button's going to be getting mashed there. So <laughs> I think it's going to be all on Aaron. You know, uh, hope that toe holds up because turf toe is a bad injury. And if he's saying worse than, I can't imagine what pain he's playing through right now. Neither can I. And last week, I think one of the reasons you kind of alluded to why the Packers didn't feed A.J. Dillon as much as they should have, they fell behind early and often to Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and that Vikings passing attack. What should Sean McVay take from the Vikings and how they successfully attacked the Packers' defense last week? Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's got to look at, you know, that mix of being able to not just run the ball, um, get those linebackers out of position as well for those deep shots, but really attack that Green Bay secondary in a way that they haven't been attacked. And, and they really went out and, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, he may throw a lot of picks and he could, you know, go off the rails at times. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. But that man does not play with fair, and he had no problem attacking that secondary for Green Bay. And, you know, already, you know, weakened. Yes, I mean, you know, Kevin King and Eric Stokes isn't their ideal starting cornerback combination, but uh, credit to Minnesota for going right after them, uh, not playing with any fear in that passing game. And, you know, when they got the shot, taking the shot down the field. I thought they did a good job of that. And if the Rams can duplicate that, uh, they've got to, you know, take their opportunities where they can. Uh, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup across the middle, and then find somebody, whether it's Odell Beckham um, or Ben Skaronik, uh, we saw last week, you know, somebody's got to be able to uh, help out in that as that third wide receiver and put some pressure on the, the weak link in the secondary. Yes, and uh, Van Jefferson, you have to step up as well because uh, you've shown promise and this is your time to shine. So this would be a good potential breakout game for Van Jefferson because I expect the Packers to do all they can to take away Cooper Cup in that passing game. And speaking of taking people away, what are some of the key matchups you're looking for Sunday afternoon in Lambeau? Well, I mean, like we alluded to earlier, I mean, just that offensive line for Green Bay. I mean, looking across the field and seeing Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald lined up there, um, you know, we're going to have to see uh, 
you know, that offensive line for Green Bay is going to have to to hold up and they're going to have to play strong. And, and, you know, they've had some, you know, injuries up front there and they've been up and down in their protection for uh, Rogers. We've seen him taking a few hits this year as well. So especially if he's limited with that toe and he's, you know, more in the pocket than usual. I mean, that's going to be a big game changing matchup right there. If Aaron Donald or Von Miller or Leonard Floyd is uh, getting some free runs at, at your quarterback, that is not a good sign. Oh, absolutely. With Aaron Rodgers with that bum toe and Elton Jenkins suffering that torn ACL last week, the Packers are going to be starting some obscure third string guy at left tackle. And uh, I'd be very worried. Uh, And that is another reason why the Packers have got to commit to A.J. Dillon and that ground game early and often in this game. No excuses, Matt LaFleur. Stay committed to the run. And who do you think comes away with the victory Sunday afternoon at Lambeau? Well, I, I'm going with the Rams. I, you know, I just don't think that Green Bay is going to be able to commit to the run. Uh, I think it's going to look a lot like the game last week, maybe a little bit lower scoring. Uh, I'll take it Rams 24, Green Bay 20. Sound that simpatico oh, alert, beep, beep, Hal. Beep, 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 beep. Ring the bell. All right. I was originally going to take the Packers, but after realizing just how badly Aaron Rodgers is hurt and how decimated that Packers offensive line is this week, they're not going to have David Bakatiari back until December, as was reported today. Uh, This is going to be a nightmare for the Packers on offense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and that bum toe, he's going to be under duress all day. He's going to be forced into check downs all day long, and that is not his style of play. Uh, That alone is enough to make me want to pick the Rams in this game. And I am taking the Rams as well. And now let's pick all the other games here in week 12, starting on Thanksgiving day, where the Chicago bears and Andy Dalton traveling to the motor city to take on the lions and Tim Boyle at quarterback. Uh, We're going to be complaining about the quality of this game all along, but we're going to be watching it anyways. And I'm a bears fan. And I am not just picking this game because I want to see Matt Nagy fired on Friday. (laughs) I am picking this game because the Detroit Lions came so close at Pittsburgh. They came so close last week in Cleveland. Third time to charm. They get it done. They get their first win of the season on Thanksgiving. It's it, it only makes sense to me that the Lions win this game. It just does. Lions win. Lock it in. Do I hear a simpatico alert there, Hal? Oh, uh, you don't. I'm sorry. No, it's, uh, I, I'd love, I'm rooting for the Lions, make no doubt about it, but, uh, you know, the Bears, I mean, they, they were pretty close as well. So even with Andy Dalton, you know, I thought they had it won. I, I pulled my jar up off the floor and, you know, um, <laughs> It didn't work out that well, you know, Snoop Huntley, great drive for the win for Baltimore, but uh, no, this week you'll get it done. It's ugly. It's low scoring. It doesn't matter. We're stuffing our faces with Turkey, Chicago, 16, Detroit, 13. Yeah, it's going to be an ugly game. I agree with that. The Las Vegas Raiders who are bumbling and stumbling right now. Oh my God. 
I spoke about the Steelers and the difference with their defense when TJ Watt plays versus when he doesn't play. The Raiders offense, they sink an entire level below after that Henry Ruggs tragedy. Oh my goodness, do they miss Henry Ruggs or what? They're, uh, without Henry Ruggs, that offense is so much easier to defend, isn't it? It certainly is, and they've got to figure something out because they've gone from offensive firepower with the uh, four games over 30 points in the in the first uh, six, seven weeks of the season, and now they can't even hit 20 at this point, and now their defense is crumbling behind them as well. Um, oh, it's a bad show in Vegas. They need to turn it around. Hopefully, it's like a mini buy here. Um, after the Thanksgiving game, get their heads on straight, host the football team, get back on track. But I don't think it's going to be this week, David. I don't think it's going to be this week either. And the Cowboys are actually optimistic that CeeDee Lamb is going to be able to play in this game, even though he suffered that concussion on Sunday in Kansas City. That's unheard of. Uh, a player returned to action four days after suffering a concussion. I'd be quite surprised if that happened. But nonetheless, with CeeDee Lamb or without CeeDee Lamb, and keep in mind, Amari Cooper's not playing either because he has uh, COVID-19. I still like the Cowboys in this game. I think Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore will find a way to distribute the rock effectively to Dalton Schultz and to Cedric Wilson and to Tony Pollard and Zeke out of the backfield. They should have no problem doing that. I like the Cowboys in this game, and the defense does just enough to eke out a 27-20 victory. Well, I, I think it's going to be a get-right game for that Dallas offense. Those drops uh, from last week are going to disappear. And that Raiders team, that yeah, that defense that couldn't stop the Chiefs through the air, got run over by Joe Mixon. It looks like a get-right game to me. I've got the Cowboys 34-10 to 10 over Vegas. And speaking of get-right games, the Buffalo Bills, after being demolished in their own home by the Indianapolis Colts and Jonathan Taylor traveled to New Orleans to take on a Saints team that is banged up. Oh my goodness. Ryan Ramchek's unlikely to play. Alvin Kamara and Mark Egram both are looking iffy to play. And Taron Armstead, the Pro Bowl left tackle, is not a lock to play. Too banged up. Get right opportunity for Buffalo. I like the Bills. I do too, David. I think it's, you know, the third turkey of the day uh, as far as the games on Thanksgiving, not the way the NFL drew it up. Buffalo in a snoozer, 31 to 13 over New Orleans. The Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and the Bagels. And the Steelers looking to avenge their early season loss to the Bengals. And they have an excellent chance to do so because Mike Tomlin said today he expects both T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick back for this game. And I was having a hard time choosing who to pick. But as I alluded to in the beginning, T.J. Watt is a candidate for MVP in my eye because of just how much he means to that Steelers defense and that entire Steelers team. With him playing this time against the Bengals, I like the Steelers in this game with TJ Watt being the tiebreaker. Yeah, David. I mean, this this was well, this was a coin flip, and I think I came around the same way as you with with Watt and and Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, that was a huge hole in the secondary 
for Pittsburgh. We saw that. Um, you know, flipping a coin on this one, I think it's going to be close. It's probably going to come down to the wire. Um, but I've got Pittsburgh eking out a win over Cincinnati, 24 to 23. The defending Super Bowl champion Bucks got back on the winning track against the Giants on Monday night, but they have to travel to Indy to take on the Red Hot Colts and Jonathan Taylor. The Bucks are an entirely different team on the road than they are at home. And as much as I wanted to pick the Bucks with Antonio Brown probably coming back this week, the loss of Vita Vea, who's unlikely to play this week, is going to sting going up against Jonathan Taylor and that Colts running game. That is the big difference maker in what I believe will be a close game. But I believe it or not, I'm going with the Colts in this game. It's going to be that annual Tom Brady December hiccup, but then the Bucks recover from that and make a huge run into the playoffs. But this is the week that hiccup happens. I like the Colts. Sound the simpatico alert, David. I'm picking the Colts as well. Uh, you think Jonathan Taylor cares the number one rushing defense is going up against him? He doesn't care. He's going to pound that rock at home. I've got Indy 28 to 25 over Tampa. In what I call the Luke Combs Darius Rucker Bowl. Luke Combs, Carolina <laughs> Panthers traveling to Miami to take out Darius Rucker's Miami Dolphins. And this is win or go home, essentially, for both of these teams. Whoever wins this game keeps their playoff hopes alive. Whoever loses probably kisses their remaining playoff hopes goodbye. The Dolphins are on a little bit of a winning streak, but... That said, I still think the Panthers are the better team. They may be inconsistent, but I think they have more talent than the Dolphins do. I just believe in Cam right now even more than Tua Tungabuelo. It's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game, and I hope Luke Combs and Darius Rucker make a healthy wager on this uh, because uh, it's going to be ugly and low-scoring, and it's truly a coin flip. But I believe Matt Rule is a better coach than Brian Flores. And that plus the strength of the Panthers roster is the tiebreaker for me in this game. So Luke Combs comes out the victor in the Luke Combs Darius Rucker Bowl as the Panthers beat the Dolphins. I've got to agree with you, David. I, I you know, the, I like the Carolina offense. They got a little spark. Um, they, they've certainly got the best playmaker in Christian McKenna. Caffrey on the field and I think that's going to make the difference on Sunday so I've got Carolina 19 Miami 13 your New England Patriots and their red hot defense welcome another excellent defense to town and Mike Vrabel's Tennessee Titans it is teacher against student again Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel the Titans have had the Patriots number these past couple of times but without Derrick Henry and the way the Patriots' defense is playing now, I do not see it happening at the end of the day. Granted, I think this is going to be the ultimate defensive slugfest. It's going to be low scoring. There's not going to be a lot of offense in this game, if any offense in this game. Stay tuned for bold predictions, by the way. But based on the way the Patriots are playing and without Derrick Henry, I'm taking the Patriots in an ugly, low scoring game, say 13 to 9. I'm going to go with a little more offense but that. But, you know, the, the Patriots, Bill Belichick's calling card is to, to make the opponents play left-handed, and he doesn't have to take away Derrick Henry. So that leaves him 
you're free to focus on A.J. Brown. And if you take A.J. Brown out of that offense for Tennessee, I'm not sure exactly what they've got to beat you. I hate picking against Mike Vrabel. These games are, like you said, teacher versus student. He's had this game circled since the schedule came out. Uh, He's ready to go for this one. But I'm still going to lean towards New England. They're hot. The defense is playing well. It should be a smash mouth affair. Um, But Mac Jones and the Patriots take it 24 to 20. The Philadelphia Eagles, who have a golden opportunity to sneak into the playoffs right now, travel to East Rutherford to take on the New York Giants, who could be on the verge of blowing up their entire operation by season Z, given how everything has transpired this season. But that said, very few things, if any, have made sense this NFL season. (laughs) The Raiders annihilate the Broncos. The Broncos annihilate the Giants. The Giants beat the Raiders. I have a feeling we're going to see the same thing here. The Eagles obliterate the Broncos. The Broncos obliterate the Giants. Yet the Giants beat the Eagles in an upset. This is my upset special. And forgive me for using poor logic, but there is no logic in this NFL season. That's all there is to it. That's why I make it this pick. Giants in an upset. I like your logic, David. I, I can, you know. Hey, I did it with Minnesota last week as my upset special, so I had no reason I could logic it out other than the gut feeling. So go with your gut. I like it. Me, I just got on that Eagles bandwagon this week. I can't jump off right now. I'm taking the Eagles 31-17 to 17 over the Giants. We shall find out whether I'm brilliant or whether I'm the world's most idiotic person by the end of this week. Due to that Eagles-Giants game. And the Atlanta Falcons, after that stinker they put up against the Patriots, traveled to Jacksonville to take on Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. I'm going to go with the Falcons in this game because as long as they get Cordero Patterson back, uh, because uh, he, I believe he could have played in that game if it weren't on a Sunday, but because it was on such a short week, uh, they uh, decided to rest him. I think he's going to be rested and he's going to be back. And he and Kyle Pitts, no match for that weak Jaguars defense and Trevor Lawrence just has no help on offense. I like the Falcons. If Atlanta gets healthy, they should win this game. Jacksonville. I don't know. I, 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 I keep expecting Trevor Lawrence to take another step forward and he has all the offensive tools. You know, he has the right mind um, to be a great quarterback. I just keep looking at it and saying, it's got to be Urban Meyer, you know, whether it's whatever him and Daryl Bevel are cooking up there, uh, the lack of playmakers they brought in, the sooner we can get Urban Meyer out of Jacksonville, the better Trevor Lawrence is going to be. So uh, I'm going to be rooting against Jacksonville to pu- so they can pile up those losses and save Trevor Lawrence. So I'm taking Atlanta 22 to 19. The New York Jets, a two-win team traveling to Houston to take out the Texans, a two-win team coming off an amazing upset win over the Tennessee Titans last week. Zach Wilson is promising, but I trust Tyrod Taylor a lot more than Zach Wilson right now. That alone, and plus the Texans being at home, 
will make me pick the Texans. It's going to be a close, ugly, low-scoring game, but I like the Texans 19-16. to 16. Yeah, I, I really liked uh, seeing, you know, Tyrod, he, he changed that whole offense, gave them a little bit of a spark there. The defense has been playing better as well for Houston. So, yeah, I mean, for the Jets right now, hey, take your take your high draft picks, keep building up. You, you're starting to get the offense on track with some playmakers. Focus on that defense in this year's draft. Houston 20, Jets 16. The best quarterback in the NFL right now, in our opinion, Justin Herbert traveling to Denver this week to take on the Broncos. This is easy. Broncos, you know, as much as I am rooting for the Bears to lose this Thursday, so Matt Nagy get fired, I am rooting for the Broncos to lose out so they could get the highest draft pick possible and kiss Vic Faggio goodbye. And by the way, the higher the draft pick, the more attractive it could be to the Seahawks or the Packers for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. That is what we're talking about here. And the Broncos defense minus Von Miller. Yes, they got Bradley Chubb back this week, but he's going to be rusty. No match for Herbert. Chargers in a blowout. Yeah, I, I, Denver might keep it a little bit closer, but let, let's be realistic here. Talent-wise, confidence-wise, uh, everything's trending Los Angeles right now. I've got the Chargers 34-27 to 27 over the Broncos. Ooh, I don't see the Broncos scoring 27, but that's just me. The Minnesota Vikings and San Francisco 49ers in a game we discussed earlier that could have wild card playoff implications. Like whoever wins this game could be that second NFC wild card team behind the NFC West winner, whether that be the Cardinals or the Rams. As much as I want to take the Niners, given how they've been playing lately, I think I'm going to take the Vikings because they've been, even though it doesn't show in the win-loss column, they've been a much more consistently competitive team than the 49ers have. I think Mike Zimmer devises a plan to confuse Jimmy Garoppolo and force him into some key mistakes that are the difference in this game. I like the Vikings. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just going to say 2021, throw up my hands and say I flipped the coin. It came up San Francisco. I'll take them 33 to 30 in overtime over Minnesota. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting game and a close game as well. And on Sunday night football, the Cleveland Browns traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. This is the same Cleveland Browns team. They might have beaten the Lions last week, but it felt like it felt more like a loss, didn't it? Yeah. Especially that yeah. second half. I just do not see how a severely limited Baker Mayfield could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Lamar Jackson. Yes, that Browns defense may keep it close, but at the end of the day, Lamar, uh, who should be bad for this game, makes way too many big plays. I like the Ravens. I'm going with my upset special on this one, Woo! and uh, you'll have to get the, the full details in my bold prediction, but I'll just uh, tease the score. Cleveland 26, Baltimore 24. Both you and I believe we're going to get three ho-hum games on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving week ends with another likely ho-hum game on Monday night as Russell Wilson and the Dumpster Fire Seahawks travel to Washington to take on the Washington football team. I wanted to pick the Seahawks, but Russell Wilson, he clearly, it's more clear than ever that he rushed back too soon, didn't he? 
He certainly did. Yes, and I don't see that getting better this week, even against the Washington defense minus Chase Young and Montez Sweat. It's going to be another ugly, low-scoring game, but I kind of trust Ron Rivera more than Pete Carroll right now, and I am going to go with Washington in a 16-14 game. Yeah, I think it's going to be ugly. I think there's going to be a lot of people falling asleep on their couches on Monday night. Um, geez, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I trust Tyler Heineke right now more than Russell Wilson. So I'm picking Washington. Yeah, he played great. I, he's the better quarterback right now. So Washington 20, Seattle 18. And now it's time for our bold predictions for week 12. I'll go first. Your New England Patriots, hell bent, will hold the Tennessee Titans minus Derrick Henry minus Julio Jones with only A.J. Brown to take away to less than 100 yards of total offense. That is my wow. prediction. Wow. I would love to see that, David. Holy moly. So, uh, Cleveland, how are they going to win this game in this upset special? Well, it's going to be thanks to the Baltimore Ravens defensive line because they're going to do what Kevin Stefanski doesn't have the guts to do and that's knock Baker Mayfield out of the game get Case Keenum on the field Case Keenum three touchdowns in the second half and that's how Cleveland pulls out the win Baltimore makes the big mistake of knocking out the starting quarterback for Cleveland I love that bowl prediction, man. It is going to be an amazing story should it come to fruition. <laughs> and last but not least, as always, we conclude our program with challenge flags. You go first here, Hal. All right. Well, Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, you just got the sand kicked in your face by the bully on the beach this past week. The Colts bullied you. Now you've got a short week on the road, prime time. Thanksgiving night, the Saints in a state of desperation, three straight losses. The schedule's toughening up for you. You've still got to play New England twice. You've got Tampa Bay. You've got Carolina. Make or break time, Bills. Turn it around on the short week. Blow out New Orleans. Use this as your get-right game on offense and defense and get your season back on track. My challenge flag goes to the team you predicted would have the upset special this week, the Cleveland Browns. Play up to your potential. You are way too talented to be this underwhelming. You get Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back together again this week. Run that rock all night long and stay to it. And with that amazing defensive line of yours, take advantage of that suspect Ravens offensive line and force Lamar Jackson into some mistakes. You can do it, Browns. Just play up to your potential and great things will happen. And he is Hal Bentley's gentlemen of bostonsportpage.com and full press coverage. You can follow him on Twitter at HalBent01. Hal, thank you so, so much once again for joining us. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But we'll be back same time next week to recap week 12, preview week 13, and discuss all the latest news and notes from around the National Football League. So stay tuned. You can also follow me on Twitter at dcrom 59 and on Instagram at Sports Crunch with DCrom. And remember, that is Crunch with a K. 
Also, be sure to check out the new and improved sportscrunch.com. In addition, November is winding down, and that means you have less than a week left to donate to the annual Cheer for the Troops campaign run by my good friends who you hear at the beginning of each Sports Crunch episode, the Denver Broncos cheerleaders. If you haven't donated yet, please visit denverbroncos.com slash cheerleaders slash cheer for the troops. That is denverbroncos.com slash cheerleaders slash cheer for the troops and make a donation that will help send a care package to active duty U.S. troops and military personnel that are currently stationed overseas. My friends, and more importantly, our men and women in uniform would absolutely love and cherish your support. You could donate all the way through November 30th at 1159 p.m. Mountain Time, but please don't wait. Go to that website and do it now. For Hal Bet, this is David Cromwell saying so long, stay awesome, and have a very happy Thanksgiving, cats and kittens. Stay cool. Mm-hmm.